Hi guys, welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host Peter Kay and today I'm really really excited for today's podcast. I'm joined by my Instagram bestie. Her name is Tissa and she's joining us all the way from China. So today we're going to be speaking about her finance journey from being a shopaholic to now someone who is finance savvy and she's also sharing educational material with other people, helping them to really get their finances in order. So I'm super excited. I've wanted us to get together for a while, but obviously with a time difference of eight hours it's not always easy to coordinate schedules so when we finally put a date to this podcast I was super excited and here we are today so hey Tessa hi Tessa I'm so happy to be here with you today and yes we are like Instagram besties the moment my friend tagged me on your Instagram and told me to watch one of your videos I just knew it I was like this woman speaks my language. She <laughs> is going in the direction that I'm going in and I want to be a part of this. So I'm camping right here. So um, I'm glad that I had interacted with you and the fact that you responded on Instagram because, you know, some people, when you engage with them, they don't engage back. So the Ooh. fact that you <laughs> engage with your followers, you engage with people that are following your page that is excellent because then that really made me feel like ah oh, maybe I might be a little special <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely special honestly it's like from the moment we started talking I was like oh my gosh this girl is so cool like I love to see what you're doing because I feel like prior before getting really interested in finances I never really saw a lot of people posting about finances so it was quite nice to see someone that was doing something similar that was being so open about their own struggles when it came to their finances and that's one of the things that I thought yeah I definitely want to coordinate with her and do something because I remember when I watched your video about your shopping addiction like normally when I watch YouTube videos I don't watch all of it I'm not gonna lie <laughs> but when I watched this I was so intrigued I was like oh my gosh like I want to see I was I loved I absolutely loved the video so I thought this is something a lot of people struggle with they're not open about it and it would be great to kind of hear about how you developed that addiction and what you did to actually you know make a change and make a rapid turnaround so obviously today we're going to be delving deeper into you know your previous bad habits <laughs> and how you change yeah. that around but yeah I'm excited well, you know, when it comes to financial topics, what I've seen is that, you know, finance is already intimidating, like finances, just that conversation about investing and all the likes, which we'll get into, it's already quite intimidating. And a lot of people that you follow, maybe will follow that aesthetic of it being this intimidating topic, right? So it's, I think, what we need online is relatability, right? Mm. So a person who's going to say, hey, I'm just like you. I make those mistakes too. I'm still a work in progress and this is how I'm doing it, right? Mm. So follow my journey with me. I think relatability is very important. Seeing someone that you're like, oh, I'm just like her. I also like to shop. I also have made so many of these mistakes and she's like growing out of that and, and she's sharing how she's done that then I think then it makes it easier for some people to relate to that 
Yeah, I totally agree with you because we are all on a journey and we're all working progresses. And it's really funny to speak about relatability because that's been one of the things that's really allowed me to connect with different people. Like having only started my financial coaching business in June to where I am today in December, like having, um, I've had clients all over the country, people that I've never met in person. And it's like one of the key things that attracted them to me was feeling like they could relate to me. So that really does make such a massive difference in allowing people to really connect with you as a person exactly because I mean I'm from South Africa and you're in the UK you're from the UK and yeah when I when I first saw your first video I don't remember what video it was but whatever you said I was like yes 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 and it's like that with most of your videos on your insta stories on your podcast on your IGTV so I don't know which one it was but I was like Whatever she's saying, it just makes so much sense. So the fact that you're British and I'm South African, I could still relate to Mm -hmm. exactly what you were talking about, what you were saying um, about finances. Hence, my friend definitely felt like that's where she should tag me. (laughs) So um, the video that I had done um, about my, my shopping addiction... Do you want us to start with that? <laughs> Actually, before we get into that one, I want to know what were the finance lessons you learned growing up? Well, did you learn any lessons on finances growing up about like saving or how to manage your money? You know, I feel like anyone who is from Africa or South Africa or maybe any other part of the world, but I'll, I'll say Africa, I'll say South Africa because I'm South African. We grow up being told go to school and you will become something and you'll get a job and you'll be able to take care of yourself. But go to school, like that's go to school, go to school, go to school, like after high school, go to varsity. And that's, that's really what's going to set you up in life. You're not being told that save, you're not being told invest, you're not being told spend money in a way that I don't know makes sense (laughs) go to school but in the household that you're growing up in you're also like realizing how money is being spent or what money means in your household like for example I grew up poor like really poor but not not for not for a long long time but I grew up poor for (laughs) a bit of time Mm -hmm. and money was like oh wow there's a bit of money to buy, you know, a few essentials. You you could feel it when there was a little more money, but mm. all that money needed to go to buy something. Is it buying school shoes, buying groceries, mainly food, you know? And then when life got a little better, I saw that with my mom. My mom was like the only person in the family or maybe let's say the, the first person in the family that started making visible money what I mean by visible (laughs) Visible money money. (laughs) what I mean by visible money is like okay we can see it in the way she dresses we can see it because we now have a new fridge we have a new bed that's what I mean when I say visible money Mm. like when there was a little extra we just know it because okay we're gonna eat chicken tonight then that's why wow there's like money but with her it was like oh okay there's some money here you know So she was still young when she started making money and she automatically became the breadwinner in the family. So being in her 20s, because she had me when she was very young, being in her 20s, she had the responsibility of taking care of our needs. Mm -hmm. And also what I 
when I reflect back at that time, she still wanted to be young Jane, you know, and wear beautiful clothes and be, I don't know, a person that people can look at and not necessarily see poverty. Mm. Because there's that thing of, I'm poor. I come from a poor family. Already there's this stigma of poverty attached to my family, my mom, my sisters, my daughter, everyone. So now that I have a little bit of money and I now work in this affluent uh, neighborhood, it's like I need to also dress that way. So she quickly um, had a shopping addiction. She developed a shopping addiction, which was just buying clothes because now she's building this identity, a a, a new Jane, you know, in a way with clothes. Mm -hmm. So now what happens when you cannot afford these clothes? And the clothing store says, no, 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 you, you can actually get it on credit. We can give you a clothing account. I don't know if you guys have this in the UK, but like specific stores will have a clothing account. Like for example, okay, common store that everyone would probably know is Zara, right? Mm-hmm. And H&M. So if you can't afford to buy that particular thing at Zara or H&M, instead of using a credit card, you can have a specific clothing like a card. card yeah, for they Zara. have something similar here. Yes, something like that. So my mom quickly accumulated those cards, but she wasn't only shopping for herself. Remember, let's, we're still in the poverty context. Yeah. Mm. She wasn't only shopping for herself, but she was also shopping for us, you know, for us to also, you know, be able to dress up and look like other kids and, you know, have a pretty new dress on Christmas day, because that's when she usually used to buy his clothes, Christmas and new year and Easter. We knew we were going to have new clothes that my mom would buy for us. So she wasn't only buying for me. She was also buying for her younger sisters. So it's a lot of us. So that's where I realized, okay, when I have money, I can buy everything that I want. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just remember my mom saying to me, never get a clothing account. Just never get a clothing account. She never explained to me why. She didn't explain to me like nothing. She just said to me, do not get a clothing account. It's like when they, t- when they tell you, don't come home with a pregnant belly. <laughs> but they don't explain to you like how are kids made? But they're like, don't come here pregnant. Like, just, okay, just don't do it. But pregnant. then nobody tells you why not. <laughs> yeah. I mustn't come here pregnant and I mustn't have clothing accounts. Oh, okay. So that's what I knew about money. It was, okay, um, we, we don't want to look poor. So this now builds into your subconscious mind. Mm. This is where my, my psychological studies, because that's what I studied in university. So this, this now goes in the subconscious. You're not conscious of it, but you don't want to look poor. You don't want to be labeled poor because it was, so you, you were looked down upon even by poor people. You're living in the same poor community, but you just seem to be a little more poor. You yeah. know? So and now you don't want to look poor. So even when I started working, I was like, oh, well, I can also look great. I can wear dresses from Forever New. Really? Oh, my goodness. I look great. So it was like a cycle that was repeating itself based on a subconscious idea when I really reflect on it I think it's that subconscious thing of wanting to look a certain way because you want to feel that you're a person of importance I don't know um 
Yeah. Do you know what? It's so funny you say that because it's it's not just in South Africa. <laughs> I think this problem is global. And it's really funny mm-hmm. because I've you can look at someone's social media account, you see the kind of things that they post, the clothes that they wear, they're doing their Zara hauls on YouTube. But really, they're in debt or that Zara, you know, everything that they bought, they used a credit card to buy it. Like, I've really come to mm-hmm. realize that there are so many people that are not living within their means. You can see them having certain things, but they have bills they haven't paid. You know, they owe mm-hmm. so many people money, but it's just that desire to look the part as opposed to actually mm-hmm. working to get to where you want to get to. And it's crazy just how much, you know, that instant gratification can really, really lead us into getting ourselves into unnecessary debt. Like I remember when I first started working, I pretty much had the money I was earning to myself. So imagine being like 16, 17 years old, earning a thousand pounds. Like that is a lot, relatively a lot of money. Yeah. thousand pounds. So as you can imagine, to a 16, 17 year old, I'm like, I am rich. (laughs) The only thing I was paying for was like my phone bill, which was like 40 pounds. So imagine I had over 900 and something pounds to myself. But please ask me, where was the money going? I was just buying, like if my friends needed anything, I'm like, oh girl, don't worry, I can pay, I can pay. So then I would end up just spending all of my money and then I'd have nothing left over. And then I'd be needing Mm. to ask my mom for money. And she's like, well, you're working. Like what happened to your money? And I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) so it really does show like what can happen when you don't really have a proper plan for how you manage your money. Because money goes Mm -hmm. quick. You know, I'd get paid and within a couple of days, I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my money? I, I just don't know. I can't pinpoint where it's gone. Exactly. And I wanted to see what was I doing with my money? Like I got to a point where I was like, wait, what, what did I do this month with my money? So I literally went old school with it. And I was like, I'm going to take a piece of paper and a pen and I'm going to monitor every transaction. I went back, everything. I just wrote it. Even if, even if it's like two plus three, I wouldn't write five. I'd write, I'd write two and three and a and hundred rands and 500 rands. All of that, I'll just write it down so that I could literally see every single time I swiped my card, every single time I shopped online, consciously writing down every single transaction. Sometimes it was like over a hundred transactions. And I'm writing it down and I had to take the calculator, punch in all these numbers and be like, wow, so this is where the money went. So when I want, when I started reflecting like that, like going deep into it, not just looking at your statement and looking at, oh, this is how much I have left. So that means I spent, no, writing down each and every value. I was like, wait, why? And when I was listening to your podcast, um, I, I like to listen in the morning. They're just lovely to listen to in the morning. There's a a podcast where you had said, rather use cash instead of online payments or like the the scanning payment that that, that you you use, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have cash, you can see the money finishing. Like if if you've got a hundred and then you keep buying, buying, you can see it being like, oh, okay, it's it's finished now. But if you're just tapping your card or scanning to pay, it's like you don't see it like you literally don't see it and it's the same thing here in China where China is almost cashless almost cashless everywhere you go if you're going to pay with cash they're going to look at you like we don't have change for you because we just use our phones so old habits die hard um I found myself falling right back 
into that trap again. And a, a lot of things in China are also online. So I went back. It was like, oh, wow. So convenient. Shop online. Food delivery so quick. I can buy everything I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That is so funny. And do you know what? It's the way that everything is being created now. It Everything is online. Everything is on our phones. Even here mm-hmm. now, there's a lot of stores you go into and it's like they only want to take card, especially now with COVID. That's even more of a reason why nobody wants cash. And I remember when I was fa- finally starting to get serious with my money, I thought, you know, let me just bring cash. I, will, I know what I need for the week. So I will take that money out. Once it finishes, I will know that I've used up my budget. And I found that when I did that, I would value my money so much more as opposed to when I was just tapping my card, especially with like, we have contactless payments. So you just tap your card and that's it. And they've even started slowly to increase the limit that you can tap by. But when it first came out, I think it was like 30 pounds. But now in some stores, it's like up to 50 or 60. So imagine if everywhere you're going, you're just tapping, tapping, tapping. And the only time you're looking in your account is when it just gets declined (laughs) or it just doesn't go through. And it's like, oh, oh my gosh, like, where's my money gone? It's so quick and easy for your money to just burn through because you're not visibly actually seeing it hence the need for reflecting on your purchases Mm -hmm. if you have to do it weekly if you have to do it monthly of which i would say rather do it weekly or bi-weekly where you're like okay to this week monday to sunday what did i spend on and you can really stop yourself in your tracks like oh i went through half my salary in a week i went through half my salary in a couple of days what what did i buy how it's great it's so true i remember i think for me as well what really helped is doing just that checking every week what did i actually spend money on and when i'd go through sometimes i'd be like damn like food just groceries i spent that much on that because sometimes you don't realize you know you're just doing a little five pound purchase here or ten but all of that adds up it really does compound and then when you do add it up it's like oh my gosh i didn't realize i spent that much so really check Mm -hmm. in like you said helps massively yeah <laughs> All right. So now we've spoken about a little bit what you learned growing up. So let's get into the habits. You've kind of spoken about that briefly, but how did it get to the point where you had all of that store card debt? What led up to that <laughs> situation? You know, I really thought that I would listen to my mother when she said, um, don't get a clothing card, don't do it. I was like, okay. And then I got a job. So I'm in university now and I need to start helping my mother out with some of my living expenses uh, because she's a single mom and she's paying for university fees and and they're quite high. And I need, I need to take care of myself, like anything I need money for. I just knew that I can't ask my mother and expect her to have the money. I need to now take a bit of responsibility and also the money that I would come to earn would also help her out in, in instances where she needed some financial assistance. So I got a job that um, it's like you, you work, you work at the mall and you, you promote like the cell phones, you know, people want to buy cell phones and then you'll promote for that particular brand, be it Samsung, LG. Um, okay. Apple didn't have a representative because they just like sell automatically on their own. <laughs> so, so, at the mall, weekdays, 
it's very quiet weekdays like nothing's happening so i had a lot of freedom to like walk around browse around and go do some window shopping i'm like oh just innocent walking around the mall doing some window shopping and i'm walking into some of these stores i find something really nice and it's on sale i'm like ooh so it was 799 now it's 499 wow <laughs> I'm speaking in rands. I'm not in pounds. <laughs> so um, I don't know what the current exchange rate is, but um, I think one pound is like 12 rands. No, 18 rands, almost 20 rands or something like that. So um, I would see it and I'll be like, um, but I don't have the money for the sale. I could have saved so much. So one day... This lady just saw me like regularly coming into this store. I had my favorite Forever New was just my favorite. Walking into Forever New was like walking into Wonderland. I, I don't know if you, you, ha- you have Forever New in the UK, right? It's the same Forever New. We it's have the Forever same. 21. I don't know. If no, it's no. Same. Forever New is like way better than Forever 21. Quality, design. Me. It's just... Mm. So... <laughs> When I would walk in there and she, she noticed that I walk in there quite often. And then I decided one day I'm going to try on this dress. So I tried it on and I felt like a princess. I was like, wow, I love this dress. I stood in the mirror and I looked at myself and she looked at me and I said to her, I'm sorry, but I can't afford it right now. And then she was like, oh no, don't worry. I was like, no, let me wait for payday. She's like, no, don't worry. Um, we have a clothing account for you. I'm like, no, I don't think I qualify for that. And she's like, I'll help you fill it out. What she meant by that is I'll help you lie on this application <laughs> so that you can get the credit. So she helped me lie. And three days later, I had a clothing account. And the first thing I bought was that dress. I still have that dress. I have a close attachment to that dress. And I bought many more dresses at that store and many more things at that store. But it didn't end there. How big is a mall? There's so many clothing stores in a mall, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll go to other stores and like try on clothes and look at it. I'm like, oh, wow, it's on sale. Oh, but I can't afford it. And same thing (laughs) would happen. We can open a clothing account for you. Don't worry. You qualify. So I went from having one and then a month later I had two. I think another month later, a few weeks later, I had three. Then I had four. Then I had five. Wow. Yeah. And the limit on each of them kept increasing. I could spend more and more money at these stores. So they would start me off in a good 3,000 rands, which you can divide by 20 and it will give you the pound value. 3,000 rands, and then now I've got like 5,000 rands, 7,000, 10,000. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to pay it off, you know? And I'm glad, I'm really glad that I was very diligent in the way that I was paying off the clothing account. I never, ever, ever once missed one payment. Mm -hmm. So now it got to a point where all the money that I was making was going towards paying off these clothing accounts per month, the minimum payment, the minimum payment. So I wasn't making a lot, yeah. but the, to meet the minimum payment on all of them, I, I, it was just taking up all my money. 
and I would basically just have enough for uh, commuting and for some food, but nothing else. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything else. And I would say that being in that mall environment where I was like, in La La Land, like, oh, I really want to go look at this. And then I tried on and then I feel good and like, oh, but I can't afford it. And it's like, but there's credit. I could have really stuck to one, but I couldn't have because in my mind, I was in that state of, I want to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I want to have certain things that I couldn't have before and I can get them on credit. I have a job, so I can't pay it off, right? Like having these mini conversations in my head to convince myself. And I couldn't tell anyone that I had five accounts. I couldn't. It it was embarrassing. But I was buying. I was doing exactly what my mom was doing. So my aunt had um, kids. And whenever they needed clothes or whatever, I I would also buy for them on those clothing accounts. I would buy clothes for friends and family and be like, oh, it's your birthday. I'll buy you something for your birthday. Oh, you need this. I'll buy it on my clothing account and all of that. And I even had one that allowed me to buy food at Woolworths. I don't know about Woolworths in, 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 um, in the UK, but Woolworths in South Africa is like premium quality type of food. You know, like you, you walk into Woolworths, you're eating, you're vegan now, you know, you're like. <laughs> we actually don't have Woolworths here anymore they have gone downhill yeah we don't have Woolworths anymore like you must have the Woolworths experience in South Africa it's like oh my goodness so now I'm eating food at Woolworths I can buy anything and it's all on credit and like I digest (laughs) that food and it's gone out of my system in 24 hours but I still have to pay Woolworths back with interest Mm. and I think I didn't understand the interest side of things I didn't understand that this money that I'm spending now I have to pay it back with interest you know um yes I could see that when I paid the minimum payment every month the balance was not really changing that much but I wasn't realizing that interest is holding me back as well as the monthly account fees because it's not only interest there are other things that they charge you for Mm. per month you know which they don't openly say when you're signing up exactly (laughs) So these habits started when I was in university, when I was like in that mall environment where I was really starting to, you know, step into my 20s and wanted to look a certain way as well and have clothes and all of that. I think that's where it started for me, because prior to that, I was all about saving. I was all about saving. It's like in my head, I knew I have to save. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I was in that environment, and I think this goes for even just being with certain people. If you are in an environment where people around you like to shop, they're all about glamour. They're all about like going to different events and having clothes for each of these events. You're going to feel the pressure too. You're going to feel the pressure to also want to look a certain way and to, to have outfits for all these occasions. But now the pressure is on our phone, like Instagram on its own can be a place where you build a habit where you're now shopping so that you can keep up in, 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 in an appearance online, you know? Yeah. That's true. And now you can even shop through Instagram. Yeah, exactly. So that's just <laughs> going to spur it even worse. 
Yeah. When did you get to the point that you were like, okay, I need to really get a handle on this shopping addiction, on this store cards? I got a new job. Well, that 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 job that I had, which started the chaos for me. <laughs> um, I I had to stop working there. And I got another part-time job and that one wasn't paying me as much. It was still like very little money. And I was really struggling to meet these minimum payments. But I had told Mm. myself, I cannot miss one payment. And I never had to ask anyone for money to help me out with paying my debt. I always knew that I need to have X amount per month to pay off each account and now it's like I'm stressed to take on more part-time work to pay off the debt and then oh thank you lord I got a job a full-time job and they were like they're gonna pay me x amount I was like oh this is a lot of money that's so great and then I was like wait if I could live on the bare minimum and pay off my debt this money is is heaven like mm. wow why don't I continue living the the life of you know very minimal just food and commuting food and commuting and uh sometimes rent because my mother used to sometimes help me out with my rent and I told myself from the first month to the eighth month into this job I'm going to pay off these clothing accounts mm-hmm I'm going to pay off each and every one of them in full cash, go to the store and cut it up, leave it there. That's it. And I did that. And what what was lovely and ironic was that the mall where I had opened these clothing accounts where I worked part time was just up the road from where I had gotten the full time job. So on payday, I would leave. Uh, like on payday during my lunch break, I would leave, uh, get a cab, go to the mall, go to the clothing store, which chances are most of the time it's the exact clothing store where I opened this account and I would close it. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to close it? Are you sure you don't? I'm like, no, I don't want anything. I want you to close it and I want you to confirm that it's closed and I'm paying it off right here, right now. And I would feel so much relief cutting each card one by one until the last one. And then right at the end of that, I said to myself, wait, I was able to save, not save. I was able to take 85% of my salary and, and pay off these clothing accounts every single month consistently for the past six, seven, almost eight months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, why don't I just continue living that way? Why don't I now save the money? Mm. So because I'm not paying off clothing accounts anymore, why don't I just save the money? And then I build this saving habit. I just kept saving, 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 saving. And then, you know, when you have an addiction, you know, when you have an addiction, you have to stay away from certain things, right? Of course. So I was working night shift and, you know, there's internet in the office. I hope my, my um, employer doesn't hear this, but 
<laughs> there was internet in the office and every time I was bored, I'd like check out online shopping. Like some ads will like pop up and then I'll click, you know, and I'm like, oh, what's this, you know? And the, the ad always has a sale, 20%, 80%, mm-hmm. 85%. Of course. What? Let me click on this. And then I discovered this online shopping store and everything just looked so nice and affordable. And I was like, I don't have any more debt and I have money saved up. So, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to just like buy one or two things, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, those clothing accounts that I had, I was buying clothes. So I had clothes. So why am I, why am I, why, why? Why am I buying clothes? Why? Why? Please tell me. Because I, I, I can't comprehend why I continue to do this. Because you can never have <laughs> enough clothes. <laughs> so uh, that's, that, that habit started with that. Like you bought at work. You're like, I could just open this um, extra tab while I do my work and then just scroll through some clothes and buy a few things. And I had a delivery almost every single day. Wow. Almost every day. Not every day, almost every day I had a delivery because I started shopping online. And yeah. how long did that last? <laughs> I think that lasted about six months. And then I I was like, this does not make sense. It's like I would I would I would justify why I'm doing this. And I'd be like, but what if they have a sale tomorrow? Tomorrow it's 85%. Then I look and I'm like, oh, there is a sale. And then it's like, I have to check every day. And almost every other day they had a sale, you know? And it's like, I'm not stopping and thinking, hey, maybe it's not a sale. Maybe this is exactly how much these things cost. It's not a sale, Tisa. Oh, you know? So I was like, I don't want to miss out on a sale and and, and buy that jacket or those jeans on an 85% sale. Meanwhile, it's not really a sale. It's just really how much it costs. So that stopped eventually. I changed jobs. And now I was working in an environment where clothes did not matter. Mm. Now clothes did not matter. I was traveling a lot. I was working with vulnerable groups. And you really need to dress down. You cannot go there looking like the princess of wales no <laughs> you can't you, you 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 need to dress down a little bit you know um and i was always traveling and 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 when i'm not traveling i'm resting you know so i was in a different environment now that didn't have the free time to be looking for clothes and shopping online i was not working in the mall where all these clothing stores are in front of me now I'm in an environment where like you just need to show up and work mm. you know what you're wearing doesn't really matter as long as you're not showing too much so that calmed me down and got me back to my true self where I started to save or rather continue to save and invest because I, I I did not deplete my savings I didn't deplete them but I would have probably had higher savings had I not adopted that Um, online shopping behavior Mm. but I find myself in China falling back into into these potholes of shopping falling back coming out falling back coming out falling back coming out because 
China is just so convenient. It is so, oh my goodness, this place is so convenient. I'm earning in a different currency. I'm earning a lot more money. I am saving, but even with the money that I, I leave for myself, it's like I could still save more because if I'm still able to shop with this money, Mm. then maybe I'm giving myself a little too much for the month, you know? So I, I have this policy where I say to myself, I must put money away before I start spending. Yeah. That helps. But I think I'm leaving a little too much money for myself that still allows me to shop, of which it's not really a bad thing because I'm like buying one or two items every now and then. But, you know, Peter, I told myself, it's not worth it anymore. Mm. 2021, and this is the first time I'm going to be saying this, other than telling my best friend, in 2021, please hold me to my word. I will. And hold now to- it's there. <laughs> it's out. Now, now it's out there. Now it's and the really podcast will remain. I'm going to post it on my social media and on my YouTube. But from January 2021 till December, what? 31st, 2021. I will not be shopping. I'll only buy underwear, but I will not shop. I will not buy anything. I'll not buy a single thing. I will not buy a single thing. It makes no sense. I have a skirt. I have pants. I have a dress. I have a jacket. I have all the, I have clothes, you know? It's like when I go back to the days of poverty, we got clothes like Easter, New Year, and Christmas. And we took care of those clothes. Like we, we wore them on Sunday when we went to church we'd get so excited to wear them not only on the day that it arrived and it was new but even when you washed it and wore it again it was like wow my dress you know Mm. but now it's like every single month you must have something new why why like it makes no sense so I told myself I'm gonna challenge myself to just not buy anything this winter It's like last year was my first really, really cold winter because in South Africa, the winter is not that cold. So I had to buy like really um, good winter clothing that are suitable for snow and strong winds. And I did that. And guess what? This winter, I did not need to buy any winter clothes. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't buy any. So that means that if I have enough summer clothes and I have enough winter clothes, why would I need to buy anything in 2021? Other than underwear, like I said. Yeah, you wouldn't. And it's funny, I think sometimes, especially when you grew up not having a lot of money, once you start to get that freedom and you start to see that money Mm. coming in, and you know, I think sometimes having a set paycheck, it kind of gives you this full sense of, it's okay, I can afford it. I'm going to get paid, you know, in a couple of weeks. Because even this year, I can count the number of times I bought anything. Like I've hardly bought any clothes this year. Probably like less than five times. Like this winter, I've bought nothing. I've got my jacket. I've got um, jumpers that I've had for years that are still very good quality. And this year has mm. really showed me how to be minimalist because I've hardly bought any clothes. Like I can't even remember the last time I went shopping, but it, it does help massively. Whereas I remember when I first like every week, every month, like you were saying, I'll be buying something new. Like, oh, let me get this. Mm. And I'd wear it like one time. And I'd wear the dress one time, like, oh, yeah, I've already worn it. Like, what? (laughs) And then I wouldn't wear it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, guys, if you are listening to this, please, I, like, 
I encourage you to repeat your clothes. Stop like this Instagram social media life of, oh, but I wore it once. And then if I post another picture wearing this thing again, hmm. Let's stop that. We need to In stop. In 2021, we repeat our clothes, okay? We do, listen. And I will be repeating you, my clothes. I will be I repeating. Will be re- we switch it up. You may have seen it in another video. You will see it in another video. And if you don't like it, please just buy me something else. I don't mind. But we are repeating in 2021. My friend asked me, she's like, okay, friend. Because when I told her this and I said, to, I will not shop in 2021. And I actually have done this before um, when I was really just, let me say disgusted. Yeah, I was like <laughs> just disgusted with my spending behavior and shopping. I told myself, I'm not going to shop. I think this was in 2018. Was it 17? I don't know. I don't remember. But I told myself, I will not shop this year. I was able to last for eight months, eight months without buying anything. Wow. I did it for eight months. I didn't buy anything. And then I don't know. It started with, again, with one thing and then another thing and then boom. But I feel like this time around, I can really do it. And then she said to me, friend, but you are on YouTube now. You're always recording YouTube videos. Da, 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 da. Don't you need to like change your outfits? I'm like, no, I don't. As long as I have clothes on, they need to listen to the message, not what I'm wearing. And when I start recording my videos, I'm going to say to people, I am the advocate of repeating outfits. So these pants and this shirt and sweater that you saw in a previous video, you're seeing it in this video again. So that we can normalize this, you know, mm-hmm. like don't shy away from repeating your clothes. Like, because to why be honest, not? in real day to day life, we do that. You don't just wear yeah. a pair of jeans once and you're like, well, I'm not going to wear these jeans. You wear it. But I do feel like mm-hmm. once you are out there on social media or you have some sort of platform, it does kind of yes. make you feel like, oh, do you know But I've got a thumbnail with that Ex- <laughs> same outfit. So exactly. but honestly, no, you have to. Otherwise, you're just going to be wasting money unnecessarily for those little small things, which really don't make a difference. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, guys... Can we uh, check in every two months and see how it's going? But I'm going to stick to it, actually. Good I on trust you, myself. I believe I you can myself. do it. You can do it. You <laughs> sound so determined. And if you've done it before, you can do it again. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what would you say were like the main things that you did to kind of really just change around your finances? So getting to the stage where you started investing, where you're able to buy your house. How did you do all of that? And what was like the time scales between that? I had already started investing when I was in South Africa. But when I got to China, I, I told myself, wait a minute. The salary that I get here is way higher than the money that I, I used to earn in South Africa. And even in South Africa, it would take some time or for me to be working a particular job in order to earn what I'm earning. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that means I can do more. I cannot bring old habits here, of which I did kind of bring them, but I need to do more with my money. And that's when I started investing a bit more and continued to pump more money into my savings. I had so much money in my savings. I was like, oh, wow. Actually, the plan was for me to buy a house cash in 2021, and I was going to be able to do that. But my mother had um, identified a great property investment opportunity. And she said to me, let's buy this property. I know that you want to buy property cash, 
but just ask the bank for what you need. And mm. what was lovely is that I've asked the bank for an amount that's probably rare for somebody to ask for a home loan. You know, um, it's an amount that I know that by 2022, I'll be done with it or probably wow. at the end of wow. 2021, I'll be done with it. And because I'm not going to shop anymore, even better. Right. Yes. So um, it's money that I know I'll be able to pay back the bank very, very soon. And um, I'm really glad that my mom pushed me to having that type of responsibility. Right. So having the responsibility of this property and this loan to pay back, it's like, okay, I need to, really get serious not that i'm encouraging people to get dead but the property is a huge investment it's a great investment yeah the loan from the bank is really low i can pay it back and i hate debt now i don't want debt in my name when i had clothing account debt i was always like stressed you know i felt like my money wasn't mine and it's kind of how i'm feeling now because my focus is paying off this loan from the bank and focusing on maybe another property investment but I'm starting to not become too scared of debt because they can be good debt, debt that can propel you forward instead mm -hmm. of keeping you Definitely. stuck, right? Definitely. So I think I'll probably get more debt from the bank for property reasons after paying off this one. And I think the bank would definitely trust me to, to allow me that again. Yeah. But if I did it again, it would probably also be for a low amount, like less than half of what the property value is, is what yeah. I got from the bank. So um, I just told myself that, wait, I am also getting older. I, I want to retire and be comfortable and have money. So why can't I use this opportunity to really get my, my ducks in a row, you know, financially and put more money into my retirement, save more and have, investment products that really generate great interest in just keeping my money at the bank because my money has been kept at the bank for a very long time. And I'm like, okay, so this is all the interest you guys could give me and that's it. So I was like, wait, if I can just, how do, how do rich people make money? How do people who, have, who make money, make money? How do they do this? I'm like, but this information is like right in front of us, but we find it boring for some reason. We just believe that it's boring, you know? And just too complicated. So there's no point checking. Yeah, no, it's not for me. They're not talking to me. It's not, yeah. Anyway, the financial news, no thank you. I'm like, no, people are making money out there. How can I ignore the very thing? Like for me to be using any product, it's made by someone. There's a company that has bought this company and that company and their shares and all of that. So why don't I just invest more time in understanding this? And when I started understanding it, I was like, this is not that difficult at all. It's not. It's just this mentality of thinking that it's difficult or watching the news and thinking, okay, this is the part where we change the channel, right? Yeah. So our parents are watching the news. And then you get to the, the, the financial news part and they change the channel. Now we go <laughs> back to the sitcom. So, <laughs> so going back to, to the sitcom and you're like, oh, okay, so that part is just like really boring. So we don't listen to that. But now when I don't listen to financial news or read something financial in a week, I can feel it in my fiber. I'm like, wait a minute. What, what happened there? What happened there? So I've been really starting to buy uh, a lot more stocks 
I've mm-hmm. been um, investing in a lot more exchange-traded exchange funds, which are considered to be collective investment schemes. And these things are so affordable. They're not that difficult to understand. Like we have Google now, you know? I, I, I feel like the Google generation has no excuse. We have YouTube, we have Google, we have so many resources to learn these things. I really don't think we have an excuse. It's but true. also... It's like the same way algorithms work with social media. Like the more you do something, the more you'll see it. Mm-hmm. It's also that you need to put these things in your space. So on social media, are you just following people that are beauty influencers and travel and whatnot? It just looks all beautiful. In the midst of that, while you're scrolling, can you see something financial and be like, oh, let me watch this. Oh, let me go and actually click on the link. Let me listen to what Tessa or Peta have to say. Let me go do my own research. Let me keep a financial journal. Let me, you know, try and learn a financial term today. Oh, what is a share? What is an exchange traded fund? What is a commodity? What, what do they mean when they say these things? And then the more you learn, the more you're like, oh, so I've been sleeping all along. And I really feel that way. I've, I feel like I could just, I don't know, kick myself sometimes. Like, why didn't I know this earlier? Honestly, oh. I think the same. I think to myself, imagine if I'd started investing when I was 16. I can only oh, imagine how much money I would have made in the last 10 years. Exactly. And you are earning like real, like a thousand pounds. God. And that was my first job. Imagine like as I got older, I was earning way more than that. So when I look back, I'm yeah. like... <laughs> Why did no one show me this? But to be exactly. fair, in hindsight, like you were saying, like our generation, we actually have no excuse. It's easy mm-hmm. to blame. Oh, it's because of where I'm from. But all the yeah. resources, everything you need to know, it's pretty much there. Like it's it's on your phone. You just need to look for it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes it- with with the ease, people become lazy. It's like, you you know, it's there, but you just don't make that conscious effort to actually go out and seek for what you want. I think we can only do so much right this Mm. this is an effort to bring people to awareness um i probably heard someone somewhere someday and i was like wait i want to learn about that so i think they can there are people that will listen to this um on this day or any other day and be like wait those ladies said something that brought me to awareness right so if there's something out there that can bring you to awareness and you still choose differently then that's up to you but honey i'm retiring rich (laughs) (laughs) comfortably (laughs) comfortably (laughs) and it's funny because one thing i always say to my clients is like what is your ultimate goal for your finances because a lot of us it's like yeah i want to be millionaire i want to retire at 40 and it's like okay great but what are you consciously doing towards that retirement at 40 Mm -hmm. and then a lot of the Mm -hmm. times it's just tumbleweed it's it's nothing oh you know um like you can't just d- set your life depending on hoping on you being a millionaire or you being rich. If you're not putting things in place, you're going to quickly find yourself getting to that age that you were like, yeah, I want to retire and being so far from it that you feel like, what's the point? So I think it's so important to really just start from where you are, whether you are younger, whether you are older, it really doesn't matter. Like just starting from where you are can make such a massive difference because I found people that, you know, they're now in their fifties and they're looking at their finances and they're like, oh my gosh like why didn't Mm. I start taking things more seriously sooner 
But the key mm. thing is just to start from where you are. If you look at the time you've lost, you're just going to feel even worse about your situation and you're not exactly. going to be motivated to do anything. But you've got to think to yourself, am I going to regret more not trying and getting to a certain age and struggling and still having to work at an age where maybe I'm slower, I'm a bit more frail in my health. So it's really important to really start laying the foundations now, especially as we're coming into a new year. One thing I've come mm-hmm. to identify is a lot of us have this new year, new me syndrome. We come to the end of the year and we're like, yeah, next year I'm going to be doing this new year, new me. And then like two months into the year, you slow down, you stop focusing on those goals. You stop doing those things that you said you were going to do and you slip back into those old habits. And then you quickly come to realize, but by the time you get to like August, September, you just feel like, oh, next year, next year I'll do it. And then it's the same cycle and nothing is happening. Nothing is moving. Your life is just mm-hmm. stuck and you're so far away from your goal so it's so important to really just start the process now two things have stuck out for me from what you said um old age and starting now on the old age part like when I get sick and I feel weak I'm like wait a minute when I'm old how is feeling sick going to feel or when I see old people going to work I'm like, Shane, man, I feel sorry for them, you know? I'm like, wait, I'm going to get old. I don't want to go and work when I'm that age. Or like when I'm unwell and then I can't work anymore. Will I have enough money? You know, so when those things happen, I'm like, wait, I need to get my finances in order now so that when I feel like "Mm, my body cannot take it anymore, I can't be doing this work anymore. I can choose that. Okay, I'm not going to do it anymore, right? Mm. Not having to wake up and go to work because I have to, but rather because I want to when I'm older, you know? So that that's one of the driving factors for me that as much as I'm taking care of my health right now, one of the things is that when I am in my 50s and I'm feeling like, mm, this waking up early and having to rush to the office, this type of work, is not suitable for me. I want to do different type of work that gives me a little bit of flexibility. I don't have to think, oh, it pays less and I can't afford to take something that pays less. I don't want that to be my thought process. It should be, well, this is what I feel like doing. This is the work Mm. I feel like doing now at my old age. Not like I have to do this type of work, right? And to the point about starting now, not in the new year, now, this paycheck, this hundred pounds, this 50 pounds, this top that you're holding in your hand, that which is in your cart about to check out that amount now, not in your, your new year is every day, it is. every single day, it that really decision is. every single day, you know, and it's a constant battle. I know it. I know it. Like we all live, listen, we all go through that battle. Even once you have the knowledge and you know that, yeah, you know, some of the things you buy are a waste of money. It's still a battle Mm. for all of us. You know, sometimes when Mm. I go shopping, there's certain aisles, I just avoid them because I know if I go to the home aisle, I'm going to want to buy a few (laughs) things here. Like, oh, that'll look cute on my table. But I'm like, no, I didn't come here for this. So I'm not going to go and look at it. I don't need to see it. (laughs) Exactly. And I think, I think for fellow shopaholics, or recovering shopaholics Speak to the fellows w- and the, the recoverings <laughs> yeah I would say that rather shop when there's an okay because we already have clothes we do have clothes we have clothes 
So if, okay, uh, Peter is getting married or whoever is getting married or there's a specific event you're going to and you look at your cupboard and you're like, okay, I really don't have anything to wear for this event. Then buy something then, right? Like I, I can't imagine that you have events every single day, right? And I, I don't know, maybe unless you work in the events environment or what, but if there's a big event, buy it buy an outfit for that particular time but don't have a whole full-on shopping spree every single month a full-on shopping spree every single week why just buy for when you need it so if you're going on holiday and you want to look good of which i am going on holiday and i want to look good i bought a few things for my holiday and yeah i'm happy with my purchase and probably the next time i buy anything for a holiday will be post 2021 um because like i said 2021 <laughs> we're not shopping that is it. i will definitely be checking up on you on that one <laughs> we're not i promise you i promise you it's gonna be hard but i'll stay away from the malls i feel like staying away from malls helps um not having these shopping apps on the phone also would help so I need to delete them come 2021. <laughs> Please do. I think that's why I've never installed any because I then don't have that temptation because I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. When you don't like out of sight, out of mind and like leaving very little money for yourself. Like, okay, this is how much my bills are. This is what um, I need to pay. This is this is what I really need to pay for. This is what I'm giving myself for leisure time. This is what I'm going to invest. And then putting away the rest or investing the rest and leaving very little leeway money. Because when mm. you leave yourself too much leeway money, you don't realize that that leeway money is just too much and it's it's perpetuating your spending behavior it's true and it's easy to start snowballing as well <laughs> from that point yeah exactly okay so what would you say would be like tissa's top tips when it comes to finances so let's say three things that you'd give to someone who really wants to take their finances seriously because typically december's the month people start thinking about you know i want to start getting my finances in order i want to start getting mm-hmm. my life together so typically mm-hmm. this is when they start thinking about all of these things. So what would be any tips mm-hmm. you'd give to anyone who really just wants to take the finances seriously in 2021? Well, from now, like we said. <laughs> from now, I would say if you want to get up right now and start making a change, go through your, your statements. Any transactions that have happened in the past week, in the past two weeks, in the past month, Have a good sit down, make yourself a nice cup of tea, play some music, get a notepad, get a pen and, and, and really reflect on your expenditures. If you're interested or have enough time going to the previous month and the month before that, just reflect on your 2020 spending Mm. and see where the dysfunction is. Where is it? Find it. And once you find it, tell yourself that it stops now or this is how I'm going to reduce it. This is how I'm going to adjust it. Leave very little leeway money. Like you can't be leaving a a thousand pounds for yourself. Maybe you earn like, I don't know, 3,000 pounds and like you're leaving a thousand pounds for like, I don't know, um, flivorous spending. 
just leave very little leeway money for yourself because when there's little leeway money as it's going down you're like oops it's the 15th i get paid on the 31st so i need to really make this last you know and invest 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 Either than just keeping your money in a savings account that's interest bearing at the bank, invest. The money in your savings account that's bearing some sort of interest at the bank, that's your emergency fund. That's money for rainy days that you're going to need when something comes up and you need to withdraw it. But the money in your investments, that money is for the long term. So when Mm -hmm. you put it in your investments, in your mind, you should know that that's money you do not need next month. You will not need in the next six months. You will not need it in the next year. It's money that you are investing towards your future. You're investing towards have a retirement plan and also have other investments. So it's not only retirement, it's also um, other investments that you have. So you've got your retirement plan, which some of you, if you have a company contributing to that, that's great. But maybe you can add a little bit more money onto that. Right. Mm. So start reflecting about how much would you want to have per month when you retire. And when you look at how much you're contributing towards your retirement, realistically, can you have that? Can you have that money per month? Can can your retirement pay you that amount per month? And if it can't, then something has to change. But first, reflect on your spending behavior. See where the dysfunction is. And stop the transactions. Just stop. Really stop the transactions. That's it. What, what I mean by stop the transactions, it's like swiping, scanning every step of the way. In a day, you've probably transacted three, four times. Those need to be reduced, right? 100%. Because the more money that's just leaving, leaving your account, that does not make sense. So I really like the idea of this is how much I need for transportation for the month. If you need to swipe every single day or scan every day, then fine, you have to do that. If you can withdraw that money and use cash, rather do that. Um, but you have to invest. You have to invest. And that's, that, that's all I would say. Reflect on what you are transacting on first. Powerful stuff. Well, speaking on the investment part, um, it's funny because people may be listening and think, oh, but I don't really have much that I can invest. Like I posted something today. You can start investing with as little as the amount of money you'd spend on buying coffee from a coffee yes. shop. You can. Yes. So the excuse of, oh, I can't afford to invest. You can afford to spend. So you can afford to invest. You don't exactly. necessarily have to start big. You start small. And as maybe every month you set yourself a little investment budget. Maybe you're only going to start investing 50 pounds every month. But if you think about it, that's going to start to grow over the long term. As opposed to just saying, oh, I can't afford to start. And you're waiting until you can afford to invest a lot. You're never going to get to that stage, especially when you're not actually tracking your spending and having a handle on how you're managing your money. And I think something as well that's been super helpful for me is planning out my budget on a monthly basis. Every month, Mm -hmm. do we stick to it? Not always, you know, because it's not just me spending, it's my husband spending as well. Mm -hmm. But I never have a month where it's like, oh my gosh, this was overly terrible. Like, what have I done? You know, but I think it really does help having a handle, checking what you're actually spending and actually allocating how much do I want to spend on food each month? Because when you're not consciously Mm -hmm. planning, you're just going to go by your emotions and maybe you're having a bad month, you're feeling emotional, so you're going to buy more food. So really just planning out 
in, in a moment where you're not feeling emotional, when you're rational, you know, maybe a week before you get paid planning out, okay, how much am I going to spend on food? How much am I going to spend on leisure? Something that I normally do for myself every month is I have a treat me budget, but that budget is always something affordable. There may be some months where I lower it, like, okay, this month I want to save a bit more. So that treat me budget is going to be really, really small. But having that allows me to have that control and allows me to know how much I'm actually spending and where that money is going. And that helps mm-hmm. so much. So really making sure you have a plan of how you're going to spend your money and making sure you're saving before you start spending, not just, exactly. oh, I'll see what's left over. Because typically yes. nothing will no, be left over. Nothing's gonna be left over. <laughs> oh, it's going to be such a tiny amount that you're like, oh, is there any point in saving that? So definitely yeah. planning ahead planning your purchases. If you know birthdays are coming up in a particular month, then you already start thinking about, okay, maybe I can put some money to the side or you already know that so you can budget for it as opposed to just Mm -hmm. going with the flow and your money's just going with the flow as well. And it just becomes Mm -hmm. this, you know, cycle of not getting anywhere. Exactly. I agree. Um, Do not spend first, invest first, before you start spending yes yeah that one really really changed a lot of things in my finances because I was spending like okay yeah well I'll save but I've got a few things to get done this month (laughs) but these few things I didn't even write them down they're like in my head and then at the end of the month you're like oh this is what's left what's the use let's just carry it over into the next month you know yeah (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So as we start to wrap up, tell us what can we expect from Tissa? You know, what have you got planned? What have you got lined up for like your YouTube channel, your Instagram, or just in general, what can we expect in 2021? I feel like there is so much to talk about in finances. There's so much to talk about in investing. There's so much I have learned and want to share with everyone on YouTube and Instagram, anyone that follows me, there's, there are so many ways to present information such that it does not feel intimidating and can be relatable because everybody learns and understands things a little differently, right? And remember what I said, that finances can be really, really intimidating. They can um, make one feel like okay I this this is maybe not for me but it's it there's no it's not for me this this is how we make money this is how we 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 get rich if you want to get rich or whatever we have to invest so I really want to focus more on the financial aspect of my channel I'll still share about my life and my hair and all of that but I want to focus on the financial chats Um, aspect of my channel because a lot more can be done I really want to look at the end of 2021 and say wow I've grown with a lot of people Mm. not just grown on my own this year when I reflect on it I really invested a lot I grew a lot but it would be nice to say I grew with a group of people so I want to build a community that engages with me that is also like-minded and wants to learn more about finances and wants to start investing and and really seeing their money grow instead of seeing I don't know things around them like more clothes more makeup more more trips more of that instead of real value 
right? Mm. I feel that the more we educate ourselves, the next generation, this becomes much easier. It doesn't have to become a thing of learning about uh, basic financial literacy that we should have been taught in school, but I think they leave it out deliberately because in order for this capitalist economy to thrive, we need to be blind, we need to spend. So I think they leave it out on purpose. But I think if we become financially savvy and we know about in, like just basic investing, we, we open up a pathway for the next generation. We really do. We can be on Instagram. We can watch all other things there, are, there is to watch on YouTube. All of that, do it. It's fun. It's entertaining. But in your day, in your week, let there be some finances, some financial aspect. Financial news is like the top of the day. When the stock market opens, it's like the ball gets rolling. So why aren't we a part of that information, mm. right? So my goal is really to bring more and more young people into awareness when it comes to investing. Um, my, my Instagram page that you spoke about, the uh, financial chats underscore Desa, that's mainly where I'm going to share a lot of information and the videos will still be on YouTube on chat with Dessa. And I aim to be very consistent and, and I'm sure really you to will put out <laughs> and, and to put out useful, very useful information. Something that when 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 my viewers walk away, they're like, wow, I can do something practical with that. Mm. It's not just an idea, but rather I can oh, okay, I know what step I can take in order for me to achieve whatever it is Dessa was talking about. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait to see all the exciting content you're going to put out there. Even for me, to be honest, most of the videos and things that I'll watch is either like lifestyle things, but to be honest, most of the times it is about finances. It is about that kind of um, topic because that's what I'm interested in. And I think it's just so important and we need to normalize these conversations about speaking about money, managing your money, investing. It's so important. And these are the fundamentals that are really going to help us to achieve those goals that we want to achieve long-term. So I'll definitely put all your details in the um, show notes so that people can follow you up they can check you out on YouTube on your Instagram and honestly guys her videos are so easy to watch and listen to it's not going to be something that you're like I don't understand this financial jargon she breaks it down <laughs> very very simply so even if you're just getting started on your finance journey you're going to be able to understand what she's going what she's speaking about and you're going to really benefit from it so definitely make sure you check out Tessa's channel because honestly she has great wholesome content maybe you're spending hours watching those makeup videos getting your face beat but what's the point of having a beat face and broke pockets it doesn't make sense so definitely invest in wholesome content in 2021 thank you so much for having me it's really a great honor to have been invited to your podcast i mean like i listen to you every single morning so when i get to the top because i've started from from 2019 right actually i finished 2019 i'm now on your wow. 2020 podcast so soon I'll get to this podcast and I'll be hearing my voice on your channel. I mean, that's amazing. I really, uh, when, I, when I look at your content, I'm like, I want to be like her. Yeah, I, I oh, want to be like, like I, lo I love your consistency. I love your consistency. I, I really love how much you, you're very dedicated and I, I think the passion shines through. 
So thank you so much for identifying something in me to, to, you know, invite me onto your podcast. Oh, girl, I was not expecting this. about to make me cry with this recording. But honestly, thank you so much for joining me. Like, I really wanted to connect with you because I've just seen how much valuable content you've put out there. And it's so nice to see someone that's doing something to help other people. It's so refreshing. And honestly, like, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing such a great job. You know, you have such a lovely spirit. And I can honestly see your channel and everything that you're doing really growing to even bigger scale in 2021 so you just keep pushing with that consistency and I can't wait to see all the growth that's gonna come because honestly woman you are doing a great job that's thank you in songa who knows it might be my dna it might be i recently (laughs) did an ancestor dna kit so i'm just waiting to get my results so I'm really, really excited to find out, you know, where my ancestors are from, you know, where don't, don't be surprised when they say that they are in a province in South Africa called Limpopo. <laughs> really? Well, we shall see. I'll definitely update you on the results. But honestly, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure. And guys, make sure that you share this podcast with your friends so they can hear and, you know, really receive the gems that we've given to you guys today. So have a great rest of your week. And I will be back with you next week for the final podcast of 2020, where I'm going to be speaking about just an overview of this year. And I'm sure that you're going to find it really helpful. So I'll be back with you guys next week, Thursday.